Hello, welcome to Access Control. I'm your host, Chris Duyard, the editor for the Total Security Daily Advisor. For our inaugural episode, I was lucky enough to record a chat I had with Terry Gold, uh, the founder and principal analyst of D6 Research. We recorded at the end of June at our Total Security Summit in Plano, Texas. We had a nice long talk, so I don't want to waste any more time. Uh, Let's just jump right into part one of our our discussion, and uh, part two will be coming very soon. So enjoy. So with me today is Terry Gold, founder of D6 Research. For the past decade, Terry's been working with Fortune 500 companies to address their identity management, credentialing, and authentication uh, for both IT and physical security. His company, D6 Research, works with clients to assess and develop a sound strategy to integrate physical and cybersecurity needs. Uh, Terry, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Um, So let's get started with uh, talking about the security landscape. Uh, It seems to be changing pretty rapidly, and there seem to be growing points of convergence between physical and cybersecurity. Do you think that current security models are uh, doing enough to address these intersections? On the physical security side? Uh, Yeah, on the physical security side. Uh, Definitely not. Okay. What do you think they could be doing better? Well, uh, I I think when you look at security, you have to define what security is. That's that's the first thing. And I think the physical security uh, industry uh, has done not such a good job at defining uh, security as, as it relates to the threats that face them. So I think that's always really the target. Uh, you know, what are we trying to protect? How do we do it? What are we trying to protect from? What are our assets? And when you look at the methodology in physical security, it's really been based around people assets, uh, physical assets. But the big, uh, the, the big challenge in the modern, uh, modern day right now, really for, for businesses and government, is protecting your operational assets. If your operations are impacted, you can't make product, you can't ship product, you can't take orders, you can't operate, you can't communicate, your business essentially is down. And, and by any metric of any success, um, you're, you're failing at that point. And so physical security really has not evolved in terms of the practices to account for how they design their programs itself to implement the proper controls to mitigate the threats that would impact operations. Conversely, uh, information security and cybersecurity has been maturing for the past 20, 30 years and are at the point where they do design their programs from ground up with that in mind. I mean, it's not perfect from organization to organization, but by and large, that's really the best practice, where physical security is still caught in a legacy common practice of they do certain things a certain way for reasons that are disconnected uh, to the actual threats and methods themselves. Okay. Um, so what might be a new or different way for businesses to assess those physical threats? Mm-hmm. And what are the changing physical threats? Um, that's a really good question. And, and before we get into that, I think we have to understand the evolution that's facing physical security that might get us to a point where they now need to consider that. So I started out in, in information security about 20 years ago. I got into physical security about a dozen years ago, and I got into ethical hacking uh, almost 10 years ago. So my mix of skill sets cover the, the methodology we speak of, the technology we speak of, the type of actors, their methods, their mentality. Um, I know those people. I work with them. Uh, so blending all that together, I think I have a unique uh, perspective. 
and and for me, cybersecurity and physical security is not new. I've been telling this to the market uh, for the better part of over 10 years, and um, it's been very resistant to hear the message. It's been very dismissive. We don't need to know that. Those things don't happen here. Uh, if those happen, we would see them. We would know. I'd know if somebody cloned a card and were, was in my building. I'd see them on the camera. Um, or, you know, average users wouldn't do that. Well, my response is average. You're not protecting yourself against the average user, number one. Number two, you wouldn't see, um, you wouldn't see events that look like an authorized person because all you'd see is an authorized person and you would not detect an anomaly and know to actually look somewhere that something happened. And physical security systems aren't built to detect anomalies. They're just not built that way. So there's, there's really no detection mechanisms or algorithms to say something funny is happening here. It's just not how they're built. But the, the biggest thing I think, why now? Like that stuff hasn't changed. But the why now really is the fact that physical security has been a silo in how they design, engineer, and maintain, distribute, and implement products. What's changing now is that the physical security systems are now built much like IT systems. So before they would be standalone proprietary operating system, proprietary database, um, wouldn't talk to anything. And now if you look at an access control system, at least one that is being sold today and has been refreshed in the past five, six years, you know, we're not talking leading edge, but a fairly middle of the road by any measure, um, it's a three-tier system. It's an operating system a database, a web server. Okay. And and you look at IT, IT operations and, and information security, and they've developed processes for the past 20 years saying, how do we deal with three-tier systems? Ever since three-tier systems came out of the mid-range, right? They've developed processes around how I deal with them, how do I manage them, how do I patch them. And so what's going on now is hackers have developed uh, uh, an arsenal of skills and methods to attack three-tiered systems. We're not even talking about anything else right now. And, um, and information security has made themselves as resilient as they can through practices, but physical has done nothing. So you have the architecture evolving, the threat, um, the same methods can be used against them and they have no defense, okay? Um, so that's kind of what's going on. Now you have a hyper growth going on of physical systems now going to the cloud, going to mobile, implementing intelligence, IoT. So now you're talking about that attack surface going broader. So the areas and in, in the angles in which I can attack physical access are getting broader, and I still haven't even dealt with the first step of three-tiered systems. Okay. So what's causing this is you have a lot more requests for approval going on on the IT side because, okay, I need to hook this up. I need to open a port. Wait, what do you need to open a port to? And so you have a little bit more discovery and now they're saying, okay, if you need to do this, well, our policy is this. And physical security is saying, what policy are you talking about? And, and so the CISO is now getting an idea that there's this last bastion of their organization that doesn't comply with any of their policies doesn't that protects their assets like data centers and their network and doesn't subscribe to any of the same principles. Mm -hmm. um, they're never audited. 
And if they are, the audit doesn't consist of any of the same things that their other, other audits consist of. So now that the CISO is just very scared. And the CISO says, well, you know, you can do whatever you want. You don't report to me. But when you protect our data centers, you do need to comply with A through Z. And now the physical security people say, well, if I need to comply with A through Z for the data center, it doesn't make sense for me to have two sets of products and, you know, they want to standardize globally. Mm-hmm. So now they're, now they're being forced to really, um, somebody's looking over their shoulder and wants answers because they're impacted as well. And it depends on really what's discovered on the, phys- on the information security side. Um, if a vulnerability is discovered that really impacts data center entry and the CISO and their team look into it and they find something so outlandish and egregious around encryption, they, they change policy 15 years ago and they can't believe this is still going on in their organization, then it, it, the hammer comes down, comes down very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, it, but it can be more subtle than that. It can be more subtle around requesting network access and opening ports and wait a minute, why and what product you're trying to put in. And mobile is actually, you know, a, a pretty big wedge right now, uh, quite frankly. Uh, we, we can get into that, you know, later in the conversation. Oh, absolutely. Um, so now the, the short story is now physical security is being forced to really not be dismissive uh, by their key stakeholders. Um, and they have to look at it. Okay. Uh, so... Backing just a little bit, thinking about some of the technological solutions that physical security folks have been presented with. Um, I mean, the market seems to be growing rapidly, I think, as you mentioned. Um, What kind of loopholes or backdoors or um, other kind of... Do you think the technology is mature enough? I think is what I'm trying to ask to uh, to implement now, or is this something that you know maybe they should be considering a little bit more before making any kind of major decisions? Depends on the technology you're asking about, and I'll just back up. And I, I don't think the physical security industry is growing uh, rapidly. I think the technology, the evolution of the technology, uh, is evolving much quicker now. Right. So you you I mean everybody has doors, everybody has access control systems. You know, so, you know, I, I don't think the, the industry itself, unless it's in an age of um, more capital expansion and more buildings and, you know, being stood up, um, you know, but at, at the end of the day, I think the issue is that the technology itself is, is, is changing. It used to be that you buy a physical access control system expected to last you 15 years. Uh, my readers, I hope, will last me almost as long as that, uh, because the reality is those access control systems really haven't evolved very much, you know, in a 15-year span. Uh, r- physical access readers, maybe every 10, 15 years, there would be a new, a new technology, a, a major refresh to a board. Um, what I'm seeing right now is, as of about a, and you know, D6 research would do research. What I'm seeing now is, two years ago, uh, the the refresh on a physical access reader was four to five years. So it was cut in, it was cut in less than half. Uh, and now what I'm seeing right now with mobile is that's going to get cut down to about two years, which is not sustainable for manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not sustainable for end users because they're obs- they face obsolescence very quickly, um, you know, uh, just a very little ways through their amortization schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not good for manufacturers to be, you know, retooling and, and redoing guts every two years. It doesn't make sense to them. 
So from that perspective, you're you're now going to have vendors get into more of how IT vendors develop products where that is sustainable. Okay. Because the current method right now where you're building and refreshing hardware, and then if you want additional capabilities, you have to buy new hardware, or refresh the hardware, doesn't make sense. Right. So um, that's a lot of what's what's changing and facing the industry. As far as the threats facing us, I think your question now is, you know, going to cloud, going to mobile, going to IoT. Are we safe by early adopters and physical security end users going in that direction now? Are they safe? And my answer would be, um, what are their security objectives? Right. So that whenever I go into an organization, they say, I want to be secure. How secure do you want to be? What's your definition of security? And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be cute. But I would say it's only a few, by exception, that can really answer that question with some definition. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how, how do you, you want to be high security? How do you define that? And I walk them through it, and I, I know what that looks like. So, you know, I want to be high security. Well, help me understand the things that you, can, you can't afford to have in your organization. Do you have those defined? Mm-hmm. Well, they might be able to, you know, name off one, two, or three, but then they kind of can. It drops off. So the first step is we need to define what type of security you think you need to happen from, from what you prevent, what assets you're protecting. Then we can translate that into whether it's a low, medium, or high. And usually... You think you're high, and then you go to medium because of um, user acceptance, user mutiny, <laughs> uh, or user mutiny, um, or operational challenges, or the technology isn't there right yet. So you're, you, you'd say, okay, we're, we want to be high, but we're going to implement medium. We're going to have a roadmap that gets us to high over time by working with vendors and, and auditors and getting exceptions and riders until we get there. You know, it's a more strategic, methodical, and cerebral approach. Mm-hmm. Um, the short answer is, is if I were an end user and I were to go ahead and implement, you know, all this next generation stuff that's starting to come out, would I do it? And the answer is um, I wouldn't do it until I have an answer to that question around what type of security program am I running? What is it going to become? How is it that defined? And once I have all those elements in place and there's, you know, there's a lot of tentacles there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that yet because then I would have no real context to implement it against, control it, monitor it, operate it. Uh, it would just become a risk. Now, that's not saying that every every vendor is um, providing products that are at risk. That's not true. A lot of problems out there, and I think most are not providing these products in the most responsible way. But if you're doing your job, you have those answers, you, then you'd have a process for evaluating the technology and you could pick out the ones that are actually are good and that could keep you on your, your security goal path. So be, A, it would be do something else first, be very, be very selective and have a selection process. Uh, and I think you can do that from an opportunistic standpoint. Uh, I don't think the market's there yet for me to say I'm going to go all to cloud or all IoT and that's my my buying criteria as I go forward, because mm-hmm. I, I think you're going to be um, doing yourself a disservice and have a lot of issues moving forward, because it's not just about the security, but the operational aspects won't be there either. Okay. Um, so I think this seems like a, a good time to ask um, about you know how security officers within a company can have a conversation, because it seems like folks focus on physical security 
are more and more going to need to have this, these conversations about security with cybersecurity uh, practitioners. So, you know, do you think integration is a necessity or? Um, yeah, and I, I think that that's a really good question. So the topic of physical and IT integration, quote unquote, convergence. And it, it, this, this surfaces, I'd say every three years in the market, every three, four years, there's a huge push for the topic of convergence to boil back up. Um, and it takes on many different contexts and shapes. And I think, like, if we look at the original convergence, it was all around converging access. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to have the same credential that gets me in the door and on the computer. And, you know, it was a physical vendors pushing that. IT vendors weren't pushing it. CISOs weren't pushing it. But I think once it got pushed and stakeholders on the end user side started to look at it, they, they decided, you know, a couple things. A, there's not enough value here for me to have the benefit of somebody logging in in both places with one credential. I'm going to spend millions of dollars on that. What does it get me? And um, I, don't, I think they decided there was enough value. Number two, the way that physical security vendors understood it of how they need to design or enable that was not in alignment with information security. And, and really, um, I think the biggest lesson why it couldn't have, didn't achieve those two things, that the market now needs to learn in all their convergence discussions is that the technology integration is important and that can do a lot of things and provide a lot of advantages and opportunities but in order for any of that to be worthwhile or get any of it right, you first have to you first have to integrate people and process. Mm-hmm. And if you don't integrate people, the culture, they can't work together. If you don't integrate the skill sets, they certainly can't work together and operationalize together. And if you don't integrate the process, there's really no foundation for them to operate that technology in a way that's consistent. So I think at the end of the day, you, you have to integrate the, the people in the process before the technology. The technology will be ill-defined or failed. Mm-hmm. And before you can integrate the people, you have to actually integrate your principles. And the biggest problem that's caused everything in this discussion that's out of alignment that we've talked about is the fact that information security principles and physical security principles are completely different. Mm-hmm. And... Um, my opinion after many years of practice, implementation, design, study, hacking these systems, working with CISOs, working with CSOs, is that your principles of security should be no different in information security than they are in physical security. They should subscribe to the same exact principles that have been uh, rigorously tested and matured over the years. The implementation may be different because you have different environments, you have different considerations, but the principle should be the same. Okay. An example of this is um, roles, responsibilities, and entitlements. Uh, the concept of privileged accounts. You know, So every single audit in an enterprise that's worth their weight for even medium security is going to have very rigorous uh, policy and controls around how they manage admin and root user and super user accounts mm-hmm. for their systems. And when I say rigorous, it's fairly standard. You don't share admin credentials. Uh, you 
you segregate responsibilities between admin, root, and, and service user, which means, hey, the person that can go ahead and change a setting in your physical security product uh, can't go change settings and how it connects to AD and, you know, can't make any imposed changes to AD. I mean, it's very segregated in that sense. Mm -hmm. But physical security doesn't do any of it at all. But if you wanted to do that, I, I've looked across 20 physical access control system products. Mm -hmm. None of them have the, none of them had the concept of uh, privilege account management. And, and in, in, when you transfer that to information security and you talk with the CISO, the CISO will interrupt you and say, fail. You will not be able to implement that product, period, full stop. It's not a flag. It's a, it's a full stop. Mm -hmm. And there's so many gaps like that from, from encryption to how, you know, systems function, the configuration. And so, you know, that's a, that's a really good example. Uh, you need to transfer everything that's been learned in information security. Yes, they're persnickety. Yes, they can be, they can be tough, but there's a reason they've honed the, these skills through lessons over time and physical security hasn't really applied the lessons, uh, that come out of, 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 of threat, um, attack and breach, uh, they, they, they've really been implementing the principles that have been passed down. And a lot of those principles that have been passed down are, are, have been more from operational convenience or convenience from the manufacturer of how they want you to implement it because this is how they license it and this is how you call them to look it up. And, um, and we need to get rid of that. And I always say good security is hard. You know, optics are easy and good security is hard, mm -hmm. you know, but um, we don't have a choice at this point. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed part one of our chat with Terry Gold. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with part two. Uh, also, we'll have plenty more coming your way. So stay tuned. Thanks again.